Coming up, anarchy in the UK, the flip side to the Hobby Lobby controversy, our feature film, which will be spoiled from hell to breakfast, and more happy bad times on this episode of Kiss the Goat. I'm Cootie, and this is Kiss the Goat. That's right, another fun-filled podcast about evil incarnate and his Hollywood hijinks. we got a lot of stuff going on this time around, and so being the absolute bastards that we are, we're going to get to that right after this first break. Hi, I'm Steven Seagal. That's right, Steven Seagal. And for the past 40 years, in between barbecuing oxen and roasting boar for my insatiable appetite, I never miss an episode of Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentaries. Ain't that right, Johnny? Hi, I'm Dr. Action. Hi, and I'm the Kick-Ass Kid. When I'm not watching action films, I'm usually polishing my gum while looking at a back. And when I'm not watching action films, I'm normally outside with a harpoon killing puppies. But usually, you can find us both watching 80s, 90s action films. You could follow us on Twitter, Dr. Action Kickass. You can find us on our main page, which is dractionkickass.blogspot.com. You can also find us on iTunes and TalkShoe. Yes, every week we do a commentary on an 80s and 90s action classic, and where we can, we also provide the film so that you can watch along with it. This podcast explodes. Hey, where's that baby mama at? I gotta tell you somebody. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat, and it's time for a new segment on the show. Let's take a look at Satan in the News. This is the kind of stuff you don't get from just the mainstream media. This is that (laughs) hard-hitting, undercover uh, journalism that you only find on the Internet. Exciting. This week... The Church of England decided that they were going to simplify, air quotes, the wording in their baptism ritual by removing references to the devil. Bloody sea of E. So now the new wording, which was approved on July 13th, only asks whether parents and godparents will turn away from sin and reject evil. So they didn't, they have taken away a name. No more names. No more names, huh? Yeah. Wow. Um, apparently, it was overwhelmingly approved, um, and this was kind of done on the down low, apparently. At the same time, they were voting to allow women to be ordained as bishops. Coincidence? I think not. Fascinating. I think that proves, once again, that the church is really good at showing the connection between women and the devil. It's true. You can't have a bishop named Eve. Right? That would just mess everything up. <laughs> Here's some more fruit. Try this. Yay! It's so 
Probably an apple. <laughs> Take a bite. It's good. Um, <laughs> okay, back here in the States, um, according to the dailycause.com, the Satanic Temple. Those guys are trickster funny. Um, but they have said that they will use the Supreme Court's recent decision to exempt its believers from state-mandated informed consent laws that require women considering abortions to read pro-life material. And that's the deal right now. Right now, Mm -hmm. 35 states currently have informed consent laws, and 33 require that the woman be told the gestational age of the fetus. So if you are a woman and you have a body and you have decisions to make about your body and you make those choices right now there's a lot of laws that allow the state to make you feel really guilty and shitty about those choices and a lot of them are based on very questionable research so the satanic temple bases their belief regarding personal health on the best scientific understanding of the world regardless of the religious or political beliefs of others So state-mandated information with no basis in scientific facts violates the Satanic Temple's religious religious beliefs. Belligerent Belligerent religious religious beliefs, that's right. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Those loud... I find it fascinating that the people who are really campaigning for social liberty and justice right now are the Satanists. Because... (laughs) You know, they generally get a bad rap. Yeah, right? <laughs> so. Anyway, go guys. That's a right. fascinating twist, and, twist of events. Yeah, yeah, man. Horns up for that one. Mm-hmm. So back across the pond um, to the U.K., what's with the devil in the U.K.? I don't know. There must be a lot of women there. But um, apparently <laughs> this week, the sun... Yep, you heard it. The Sun, one of our beloved tabloids, reported that there was a four-year-old boy who woke up one morning mysteriously to the mark of the devil on his chest. No. Yeah, you know, the crosshairs with the two concentric circles. Yeah. Um, yeah, completely unexplained. The mother was freaked out and took him to the doctor, and the doctor looked at it and said, well, it's not sore, it's not you know, becoming more inflamed. There's no infection or anything. They have absolutely no explanation for it. How, how many marks of the devil are there? Uh, I think approximately 665. We're just waiting on that last one. <laughs> We're waiting for it to be uh, sanctioned by the Church of England. Exactly. Okay. It'll be in the shape of a woman. I think it will. <laughs> so the sun caught a lot of flack over this, and people are saying that they're... Uh, they, they're, you know, that's abuse to have printed this story because apparently they printed a picture of the kid and his name and all this stuff. But the parents had already plastered it all over Facebook, and of course the parents gave the consent, and and of course the son is standing behind their story. Um, personally, I think it looks like the, you know, he fell on a hair dryer or something, you know, the front end of the hair dryer where it's got the little circles and the the grid marks, but. Um, Still kind of creepy. Nonetheless, we may have the Antichrist in the UK. Most hairdressers are women. <laughs> That's right. So. Statistics show. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if a Satan-loving hairdresser snuck into the kid's room in the middle of the night, 
turned on her hair dryer on high for about 30 seconds and then branded the kid. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're done. We're we done. We are done. <laughs> Even more so if she has an evil dog. What's funny is if you look up the story, the kid looks so cute. He does, doesn't he? He's a little spiky hair. Yeah, he's like, I don't know why you're taking my picture. Well, because you're the devil. Uh-huh. <laughs> now we've told everyone, so have fun getting a date when you get older. <laughs> that won't come up on the playground uh, at school. Show no, us your know. show us your pitchfork, Samuel. Mm, no, no. <clears throat> So. You know what's funny is I know that the subject matter of this program probably leads a lot of our listeners to believe that we are um, practicing Satanists, and that's really not true at all. Um, we're not affiliated with the Church of Satan, U.S. or U.K., for that matter. We just really like movies about the devil. Yeah, and speaking of movies about the devil, since I got to choose last time, I chose a really good movie, too. Um, this time it's X's turn to pick, and he, of course, chose a gigantic pile of shit. That's right, Cootie. <laughs> I sure did. Because <laughs> leave it to me to pick a gigantic pile of shit. Um, this is a terrible film from Spain, released in 1978. And since it's so old, again, I'm not going to worry about spoiling this one, because, let's face it, um, we can describe the ending of this movie to you but really nothing could come even close to just how wild-eyed and crazy this fucking thing is <laughs> so um we're going to take another break and when we come back we will be talking about the movie satan's blood also known as escalofrio escalofrio also known as don't panic even though you should because this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Hang tight. Movies need only three things. Badasses. You tell me what you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons. And body counts. Body Count. The mathematics of murder and menace. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser-known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC Podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. Name of Satan, Lord of Darkness, Spirit of Evil, lead us into temptation. Amen. Corrupt our souls and bodies. Satan, Prince of Fear, King of the Lower World, Prince of Hades, Prince of Rape and Fornication, Master of Hate, Father of Incest, Prince of Necrophilia, Serpent of Genesis, Prince of Death. Grand Master of the Black Arts, protect your humble and faithful servants. Amen. 
All right, that's just a little bit of the uh, uh, fun and excitement and family-friendly entertainment you can expect from Satan's Blood from Spain, 1978, directed by Carlos Puerto, but also directed, un he's uncredited in the film, by our old friend J.P. Simone. Now, Simone also directed Slugs, the movie, which is just a vile piece of disgusting stuff, which <laughs> which I love. And, of course, the Euro Trash classic Pieces, which is a must-watch. Nice. Yeah, for yeah. Any, any fan of terrible movies has to watch Pieces. <laughs> um, so, Satan's Blood has a pedigree of shit. And we really shouldn't expect anything different from Satan's blood. So, okay. Right. <laughs> Here's how the movie goes. <laughs> well, it opens with, what's the doctor's name? The, quote, expert? Dr. Fernando Jimenez del Oso. Yeah, easy for you to say. Not really. So it opens with him talking about how all of these rituals depicted in this movie are authentic, and he's been studying Satanism for <laughs> years, right? right? <laughs> and he starts right off the bat by proposing that Satan exists in the world because evil exists in the world. Right. Which is just really weird to me. It always weirds me out when somebody tries to um, legitimize spiritual or supernatural phenomena with pseudoscience or they tried to interject some logical reasoning behind it and that one alone just kind of goes completely against what the the general consensus is that there is evil <laughs> because there is satan no let's just flip that bitch right around before we start this movie yes <laughs> um dr deloso was used as a production consultant on this film and he states very clearly at the beginning of the movie that he knows what goes on in every every single satanic ritual. Um, in fact, this movie claims it is an authentic depiction of satanic ritual. Um, <laughs> I'm not so sure that I'm not that so is sure. correct. <laughs> um, because he claims that in every satanic ritual you will have unnatural sex acts and the slaughter of animals and or human beings. That's great. Right. 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 Yeah, always. You will never not have that. Like It's like always being able to upsize the french fries in your combo meal. <clears throat> now, let's face it. You might get the unnatural sex acts if you're lucky and limber enough. No one's yeah. going to be killing anybody else in any modern satanic ritual. Not if they're not if they're doing it right. <laughs> if somebody's killing a human during a satanic ritual, and these are people who are not really Satanists, they are murderers. <laughs> right. There is a difference. They've seen way too many movies like Satan's Blood. Yeah, I thought, oh shit, if we get caught, we can totally fucking use this as a defense. So, yeah, yeah. go get that hood, Billy. Uh Let's go ahead and get that cheerleader who made fun of you in the shower or whatever. So, Right. So, And we get a great taste of that, the opening scene, a satanic ritual going on. There's a whimpering blonde on an altar in this white nighty thing. 
and the old guy are are all satanic priests just like rapist perverts because kind of get that yeah yeah they absolutely um, are this yeah. guy is so happy to see the woman naked he's try he tries to knead her tits out of existence <laughs> he he's trying to shove her boobs back into her chest he's just like <laughs> squashing them it's must have been terribly uncomfortable <laughs> The yeah. music's great too. I gotta mention the music because there's organ music played the whole time, and it sounds like somebody just went at the keyboard with a rolling pin. Just, yeah, man. Awesome, awesome stuff. And it's short lived too, because you know, two minute Charlie gets going and then stabs her in the ribs, and I don't know if he keeps going after she dies because we cut away from that scene altogether. Right. <laughs> Which is fine, because and we don't, and you know, that's. That's all for her. Right. <laughs> That's, that is all you get. So then we get to meet the the main two characters of the movie right off, you know, after this scene, it cuts to them in the car. This is Andy and Annie. Now, this chick, I wanted to ask you this last night, but I thought I would wait. She's. I know I've seen her in something else. Who is this girl that plays Annie? What has she been in? I've I've never seen her before. You've never seen her before. I never have. Her name is Karina Marr. She looks like other people. She to me she looks like Jenny Agutter uh, from Logan's Run and American Werewolf. I don't even think. Oh, she does have her eyes. That might be who I was thinking. Yeah, of. that's that's who she looks like a lot to me. Um, I can look it up while we're while we're talking, but I don't think that you and I have seen her in anything else. Okay. She may have been in in, in shit. Who knows. She might have been in a Fulci somewhere. Could have been. I know that there are videos online of just her smoking, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Take that, fetish boys. <laughs> Get to hunting. <laughs> so Annie and Andy are in the car with their dog. Blackie. Blackie. Who is not black. No, not at all. He's a big <laughs> German Shepherd. <laughs> He's got a little bit of black, but... Yeah, bit of a misnomer. Um, so they're driving somewhere. I don't even fucking know where they're driving. It doesn't matter because they pull up to a red light and Mary and Bruno pull up in a car beside them. Um, actually, actually, I I know the backstory on this. It's some kind of yeah. some kind of holiday in Spain, and they're bored, so they take the dog and they go out. They go see Star Wars. Oh. When they come out of the movie theater, you can see C three PO and R two on the marquee. I so, totally missed that. How did I miss that? I don't know, but they went to see Star Wars, and then they went and got coffee, and they smoked cigarettes incessantly, because in Spain, that's a sport. Um, <laughs> but then, yes, of course, they, they go up to the traffic light, and Mary and Bruno are talking to them from, like, the next car over. Hey, uh, how y'all doing? Uh, remember me from college? <laughs> and Andy's going, I don't fucking know these guys. Do you no know idea who the fuck no you clue. are. No. <laughs> but they keep talking because you know they're very they're polite members of society. Right. So even though Andy and his wife are positive that these people are mistaken about their identity and that they're in reality just total strangers, they follow them home to their country house for wine and cheese. Yeah, after like a minute and a half conversation where Bruno insists that it's been so long since he's seen Andy that he was only about three and a half feet tall <laughs> when they went to college together. And um, 
Yeah, and Annie's all like, oh, let's go. We don't have anything better to do. Andy they was, seem nice. Annie's a late bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> when he turned 28, he suddenly grew like four fucking feet. <laughs> right, so they drive out to a big house out in the country. <sighs> Almost turning around once. Yes. It's so far. It's so far away. We should turn around. Uh, no, we'll go ahead and go. Okay. So, okay, so they get to the big mansion out in the country, which, is, of course, is surrounded by this huge wall and a big gate. And um, the gate is opened by some creepy dude in, like, a cloak, which <laughs> I guess you would naturally think, oh, yeah, he's, like, the groundskeeper or something. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of stands there and watches the cars drive onto the property, and then he disappears. Yeah, he does. He just goes right the fuck away. Um, they make a... Yeah, if Spain has an outback, this house is in the fucking middle of it. Um, Mary makes sure to tell everyone very loudly that the whole place is walled in and the gate is locked. Right. So it doesn't make any sense that there's some guy inside the house who is not the four of them. I don't know if he's a burglar or a professional Rasputin uh, impersonator. But he's got this nasty beard and a knit hat, and he's just hanging around in the basement, just putting shit in his backpack. <laughs> yeah. So they all get in the house. The men decide, oh, let's build a fire. It's really cold. And Mary goes to the kitchen to prepare tapas or something. I don't know. Tapas. <laughs> <laughs> Little plates. <laughs> So Annie's poking around in the living room while the guys are building the fire, and there's this fucking doll. It's like foot and a half tall. Looks like it's it's got one of those almost unibrows. Yeah. It's got like little pointy teeth. I don't know. And she kind of giggles at the doll like it amuses her. And then she finds a book on the occult. The occult, which has great pictures of people um, buggering outside inside of sacred circles. Um, a guy with a fantastic goat head mask. Yeah, man. All the pictures that you would associate, you know, with Satanism. Right. Naked people, candles, and goats, and sex. And, of course, Bruno sidles up beside her and goes, does the subject fascinate you? <laughs> right, and she's like, oh, I've always been interested. And then she runs away. <laughs> yeah. To find Mary in the kitchen. Now, Mary's a little bit weird. Uh, Mary likes to eat raw meat that she keeps in a non-refrigerated pantry. She likes to lovingly stroke the hair of other people's wives. <laughs> and she hits on Annie uh, hard, like real hard. But Annie ignores this because she's worried about Blackie, who is barking at the Rasputin-looking guy in the basement. <clears throat> Never mind that... <laughs> Never mind the hardcore lesbian advances. Where's my dog? Where's my dog? Flacky. So anyway, after that, what do you think the most intelligent thing, most intelligent possible thing to do is? Ouija. Sounds great. Yeah. Says Ouija. Sounds great. Because Mary asks the most vague and weird question. She says, "Do you believe in situations that can take us beyond reality?" <laughs> and everybody looks at her thoughtfully like hmm <laughs> I need 
to ponder that one. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Anyway, um, Bruno and Mary have this fucking awesome round coffee table. Yeah, man. Which has a Ouija board essentially carved into it. Mm-hmm. It is pretty and it is neat and I want one of those real bad. Um, so they do a Ouija reading. They get this goblet out of um, a cabinet <clears throat> and they're going to use that as the planchette. Annie gets a little bit mellow. She's smoking little cigars, having her little drinky drink. And the spirit in control of the board wants to talk about death. See, now, when you bring in a guest to a party that's already going on, they're bound to kind of be a bummer like that. But he wants to talk about death. Bruno says he wants to know if he will live to be an old man. And the board says no. So Bruno asks when he will die. Because apparently someone doesn't like surprises. Right. Um, (laughs) Well, the board says that Bruno will commit suicide. He's already tried it once, but failed. So Annie starts making fun of him about it. You shit. You piece of shit. You couldn't even get it done right the first time. Ha ha ha. Mary. Uh, Mary, Annie, whatever. His <laughs> Bruno's woman starts making fun of him. Ha ha ha. So Annie gets kind of faint. So Mary's first impulse is to give her more wine. Because that's what you do. Like you do. Mm-hmm. When you don't feel good, someone should immediately pour really strong alcohol down your gullet. Why not? Yes. <clears throat> so yeah, next next the Ouija wants to talk to Annie, right? Yeah. She wants he wants it wants to talk to Annie about love, and uh, it's, uh, it's at th- this point the Ouija tells them that Annie is in love with Lewis, who. Apparently is Andy's brother. Oh had shit! A bit son. of a fling, something. So Annie gets really upset, starts yelling at the Ouija, tells it it's lying, and the goblet shatters. Yes. Beautiful. And you know Ouija boards often fuck up a perfectly good night on the town. <clears throat> but at this point, Andy and Annie have had enough, and they're ready to leave. Unfortunately, a storm is coming through and these people live so far out in the Spanish outback that it's going to rot it's going to wash all the roads away. Mm-hmm. So they're trapped in the house overnight. They can't leave. And they're nervous about it, but they're not too nervous to start boffing in the tub. So hooray for that. Annie Annie appears to be a genuine fire crotch, which I personally am a fan of. <laughs> So they get out of the tub, and they go, and Annie goes and checks on the dog, and apparently she's just the hottest damn thing in the house, because she gets assaulted by the Rasputin burglar guy. Yeah. Which just came out of fucking nowhere. Just He's there in the kitchen, and he's like, oh, brr, just all Rapey over. boy. Right, yeah. So she shows that she has no fighting skills whatsoever, because she can't fight him off, even in the room where knives live. She did get away, though. <laughs> she got away. <laughs> That's true. Um, her husband is only mildly perturbed that she was almost raped. She thinks it's Bruno and Mary playing another one of their wacky devil games, but <laughs> they, so they, go, they go to investigate. <laughs> they go to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> and they open the door to the living room, and what do they find? Nudity and satanic ritual. Bruno and Mary actually have a rug with an embroidered circle on it. 
It's with lovely. The pentagram inside of it and all of the arcane symbols that one normally associates with satanic rituals. And it's like, is everybody in? Because the ceremony is about to begin. And I love this because when they walk in and see what's going on, they immediately stop and start backing up like Brad and Janet trying to back out of Frankenfurter's <laughs> lab. I was rolling. <laughs> well, they, they stand there for about ten minutes looking at their host and hostess who are both just, you know, naked as jaybirds. And instead of turning around to leave, they kind of get hypnotized, like, I don't know, maybe this could be cool. And the next thing you know, they're naked, and they're kneeling inside the circle, and they've dedicated themselves to Baal, and a picture of Jesus explodes and burns. And suddenly it's an orgy. And then it's an orgy, because Bruno and Mary have flying ointment, and I know that's what that was. It looked like a jar of Crisco, but yeah, it probably was flying. Yeah, it's a jar of Crisco, but it's got some kind of psychotropic drugs in it that make you, you know, hallucinate. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> the ritual application of flying ointment, partner swapping in the name of the devil, and then, of course, the bloodletting. Yes. Yeah. Very steamy blood, apparently. Yes. Because <laughs> Bruno cuts his hand with a ritual dagger, puts it on Mary, who is obviously in the throes of devil ecstasy, and it starts smoking like he's branding her. Yeah, yeah and he puts it. He puts his hand like right on her cooter. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like blood applied directly to vagina. <laughs> blood on. <clears throat> and then she screams, and that's a real kill witty for everybody involved. Yeah, it's not no. a good scream. No, no. It so one of those screams. Yeah. So the next scene, she's in bed. Mary yeah. is in bed. And Annie keeps saying, we've got to call a doctor, because apparently she's a nurse, and she's not good enough. they got to call a doctor. Yeah. Um, after a hard night of fucking in the name of their dark lord, Mary's <laughs> bedridden. Um, <laughs> the power's blinking on and off. The phone's out. They can't even get her a satanic mechanic. So that's when, outside... The groundskeeper, the guy who's in the robe with the hood, finally finds the Rasputin rapey guy and slaughters him and drags him off to who knows where. Stabs him, and that's the end yeah. of that guy. Spain, I guess. He just goes <laughs> back to Spain. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, after this creepy doll and creepy pale Mary come to visit Annie, Annie has a knife, and she's wearing some lace. I'm sorry, Mary has a knife, and she's wearing, like, this basically... Black negligee, yeah. It's a, it's a fishing net. Let's right. not even... <laughs> it's not even clothing, basically. And it's, it's, it's so surreal. It feels like we're, like, jumping around, but this is really literally how this movie goes yes. from one sequence to the next. They're in the bedroom, and Mary's passed out on the bed, and they leave, and Bruno jumps on her, and there's a lot of growling and animal mating sounds. And then the next scene, Andy and Annie are asleep in bed, and that fucking doll comes walking in with blood running down the sides of its mouth. And Mary's right behind it in her little negligee with her big butcher knife. Yes. She brings the knife down like she's going to stab Annie, but instead she puts it right behind her head and starts raping her. Yeah. To which Annie replies by stabbing Mary in the side with the knife. Yes. <laughs> oh, and by the way, that was a dream. Ha! So you know. Uh -huh. ha -ha. <laughs> so now, 
Yeah. So they wake up and it's daylight and it's like 2 p.m. and they're freaked out. Oh my God, how did we sleep so long? I don't know. But their car is gone and so are their hosts. And there's no food in the pantry. Nope, not even the bowl of mystery meat. It's no. it's gone. So they're like, oh God, why did we make this terrible choice? All the fucking and the bleeding and the greasing and the Ouija-ing. And so they end up going upstairs to this secret room, which is part bad church yard sale and part booby-trapped Macaulay Culkin closet. <laughs> All kinds of weird shit. This weird shit. And that's where they discover at least one picture of themselves that they don't remember ever being taken. Why mm. is it in that house? Nobody knows. Is it ever explained? Fuck no. No. <laughs> why would you take away that grand tapestry of mystery? <laughs> Uh, Bruno and Mary come back. They're driving Andy and Annie's car, because that's not rude at all. Um, right. They went to get groceries, and they're kind of standing around outside like, we're going to go. And they're like, oh, you should really stay for lunch. Um, we don't really want to stay for lunch. We're going to go. So Andy shakes Bruno's hand like, you know, thanks for the freak fest. But, <laughs> but the car's dead. Nobody's going nowhere. And then they also realize that Blackie is missing, and Annie starts freaking out, and they go back to the house um, to try to find the dog and give Bruno the cussing of his life because Andy's convinced that he broke their car. Right. Oh, and Mary starts making fun of Bruno for fucking up his suicide again. <laughs> so, so you know what? I think this is, what do you think? Is this a good time? Yes, yes, this is All a right. good time. Um We'll be back shortly with the allegedly thrilling conclusion of Satan's Blood right after this. Don't panic. <laughs> Do you like movies? Do you like beards? Do you bathe in raw meat? Do you dance under the fiery sky of Ra, daisies threaded through your Manchester mane? Foolish question. Yes, we all do. But do you do it listening to the podcast from the After Movie Diner? If not, then you're missing out, and you may or may not spend eternity in insufferable torment wedged between Simon Cowell and Piers Morgan in an elevator that smells of death. The After Movie Diner is a website dedicated to movies. New, old, large, small, and of every genre. There are written reviews, interviews with the famous and interesting, and a weekly podcast with comedy, reviews, interviews, a variety of fascinating and flatulent co-hosts, and music to tap your toe to. So why aren't you on board? Get there or miss out on the podcasting sensation of a generation. One that feels like being slightly tongued by an over-enthusiastic cocker spaniel. Find us on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and over at AfterMovieDiner.com. <laughs> Nobody was Welcome back to uh, Kiss the Ghost, <laughs> where we are slowly rampaging our way towards the end of Satan's Blood from 1978. Um, why does Satan have blood? <laughs> I don't know. You know, if we go by Judeo-Christian rules, Satan was an angel. He's a created being. He should not have blood or a belly button or an anus. Just saying. So... <laughs> All right, so where were we? We are. I'm, um, I'm thinking too much is where I'm at. Oh, we're <laughs> in the kitchen. Hey, they found the dog. In the kitchen. Oh, yes, they found Blackie <laughs> dead, hanging from the ceiling inside yeah. the house. Which is cool because <laughs> so, dogs can't tie knots, so I don't even know how the dog managed to do that. No, no. They uh, <laughs> Annie immediately accuses Mary 
Mary accuses Bruno, and that this is where she starts giving him shit again about fucking up his suicide. So he immediately goes and gets a gun and shoots himself in the head. Does it right this time? Um, no, he doesn't. <laughs> nope, he shoots himself in the head and is still staggering around the living room like, oh, my God, I fucked it up again. So Mary gets on her moped and leaves. Yeah, <laughs> leaving Andy and Annie alone with Mr. Head Wound of the Year. Oh, wait, while she, okay, now he's dead. Right. He lays it on the couch, and then he dies. It's just a very slow suicide. One of those horrible, painful things. Um, Must have been a really low-caliber handgun. <laughs> it's like a pellet gun. Yeah, he didn't he didn't pump enough air into it, really, <laughs> to penetrate the temple like he wanted to. So anyway, fuck it. Um, he's dead, you know. So Annie... Not Annie, I'm sorry. Mary. Mary, when she comes... She comes back, and her first instinct is to go and take a bath where she can slash her wrists. Right. Well, she comes back with a doctor, and while the doctor oh, right. is, is busy fussing about the corpse and saying satanic prayers over his dead body, she leaves and goes upstairs, leaving Andy and Annie again alone with the corpse. So, <laughs> when, Andy and Annie find, when Andy and Annie find Mary... Um, Annie's first response is, we've got to get her out of these wet clothes. <laughs> oh, and give her tea. Yeah. I mean, w why? She cut her wrists. She didn't, like, slice her stomach open. She's, what the fuck is keeping her safe from shock going to do at this point? Well, something works because Mary wakes up and tells them to kill her. And so Andy starts choking the shit out of her. <laughs> For reasons I don't know, <laughs> Spanish men and Italian men—they really like choking women. Apparently, yeah, according choking, to the yeah. movies, anyway. Yeah, this this is the great part. So <laughs> Mary says, "I'm not dead. Kill me again." Andy kills her, and Andy says, "My God, Andy, you killed her!" <laughs> what the fuck? Yes, <laughs> she just said to do that. Anyway. Well, they start wiping their prints off of everything and collecting their belongings, and they're going to skip out of town. And Andy's like, but the doctor, he saw us. And Andy's like, oh, but that one time he won't remember us. So. Because yeah, doctors are known for their horrible lack of detail and attention. Right. So <laughs> while they're doing this and trying to get the hell out of town, Corpse Mary apparently, you know... <laughs> <laughs> revived for a second time in this movie, shows up with the gun and tries to fucking shoot them. So Andy fights with her and kills her again. She, um, Andy shoves the back of her head onto a statue or a banister or something. Something sharp. Something sharp, anyway. Just punctures the back of her skull and enters her brain. So with that big gaping head wound that Mary now has... <laughs> They take her clothes off again and put her back in the bathtub. Remove the bandages from her wrists. Right, because slashing your wrists is exactly like a giant gaping hole in the back of your fucking skull. Nobody will ever be able to tell the difference here. So again, with the wiping of the prints, and they try to leave, and they get downstairs, and Bruno is missing. He's disappeared again. <laughs> So they're like, fuck this house, fuck these people. They run out the door, they get in the car, 
and Annie has left her purse inside. Oh, so Bruno, who's maybe dead, maybe not, I don't know. He makes threatening motions towards Annie, and Annie finally does what Bruno apparently couldn't do, and <laughs> kills him by shooting him in the head. And that's when the creepy fucking doll walks in. No. Door opens, the doll walks in, and is making those weird kind of clockwork ticking noises. So they shoot the doll, and it explodes in a fountain of blood and starts screaming. Yeah. So while they're trying to leave, they apparently go all the way to the back of the house where the kitchen is, instead of going the four steps to the front door, where they actually are. Um, they find the Rasputin guy in the freezer in little itty tiny pieces. And when they get in the car and finally get it started and head towards the gate, they run over the groundskeeper. Yeah. These are not the best guests to bring over. <laughs> they seem to be bad luck. They are a bit disruptive. Yeah. So then they go home and find out that they've been moved out of their apartment. <laughs> <laughs> None of their belongings there. All their shit's gone. And, of course, there are some concerned neighbors that are out in the hallway, and they're asking them. And, and they said they saw movers, but it seemed legitimate because they had keys. That's right. <laughs> How many movers fucking have keys? I don't know. You can't so even mover to show up on time, much less, oh, I, that's fine, I have a full set of keys to their house. We're good. So the concerned neighbors invite them in because they're obviously shaken and exhausted. And, um. <laughs> so they go into the neighbor's apartment, and the first thing that they see is Blackie the dog. Blackie. Who, the last time we saw Blackie, was hanging up from the kitchen ceilings, slaughtered. A bloody mess, yes. Not looking good at all. So, of course, the camera pans up, and there's this satanic display on the wall, and a table with candles on it, and it's, seated. <laughs> it's the same black mass altar from the beginning of the movie, where High Priest Titsalot tried to... <laughs> <laughs> tried to rub that girl's boobs out of existence. Just tried to friction engine her to being flat chested. It's the same place. <laughs> so, and of course, seated around this, this table are all of the people from the house in the Spanish Outback. Everybody who died in the movie is sitting around the table. Noticeably paler. Right. <laughs> Much paler. Much darker eye makeup. Yeah, but a lot happier, it seems. <laughs> And they proceed to stand up and walk to Annie and Andy and stab them both to fucking death, death with big knives. Yeah. It's, they just. Now remember, this is what happens at every black mask. Because the guy at the beginning of the movie told so. us that that was what was going to happen. And he's an expert. And he is. That's right. He's an expert. He is a doctor. So he knows. <laughs> So then, of course, that cuts out, and the very last fucking scene of the movie is Andy and Annie, all smiles, wide-eyed, in their car, pulling up alongside of a couple, saying, Hey, remember me? We went to college together. You were two feet high. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we come full circle. Yes, the whole bloody cycle begins again, and it makes absolutely not a bit of sense. 
So, golly, I hope you enjoyed that little bit of interpretive dance as we described Satan's blood um, for you. Um, so let's go and we'll, we'll a little bit of discussion, maybe. First of all, Cootie, how many horns high do you give Satan's blood? Oh, Lord. Um, that's, that's, that's maybe a, a one and a half. Ooh. In my book, this, right. uh, that movie was a train wreck. But um, <laughs> but you know, it kept me involved till the bitter end, and it was probably the um, titties and bush. Who am I kidding? It, yeah. You know, yeah. every other scene, and it was just madness. What about you? Um, I'm going to give this two horns high. Yeah, um, and again, mostly for the practically constant full frontal nudity. And also because part of me wants to believe that it's a time travel movie because of how disjointed it is. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a TARDIS somewhere in the house. I'd buy that, yeah. I'd, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, I, I guess we should mention this is two out of six um, horns high. That's that's our scale here. Right, right. One to six. <laughs> um. What, what do we learn? What do we learn about the devil from this we movie? Learn about the devil. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Well, we learned he knows nothing about continuity. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> yes, and we learned that the the devil smiles upon orgies. Apparently, uh-huh. that's a good way to invoke him. Yes, orgies are good. Yeah. And that if at first you don't succeed. With a suicide, the devil really wants you to keep going until you get that shit right. <laughs> and watch out for your fellow satanic henchmen, because they can stab you in the back <laughs> without a moment's notice while you're busy peeping in at people through windows. That's right. Oh. Well, I guess if there's a lesson to be learned from Satan's blood, it's don't talk to people at traffic lights. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh my God! Are we gonna? Ugh! I can't even talk uh-huh. anymore. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm befuddled by by the Satan. <laughs> that's, that's all the devil. Um, look, if you like what you hear, and honestly, why wouldn't you? Because me stammering is just sexy. Um, why don't you leave us a review at any of our outlets? That includes Podomatic, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. I'm looking at SoundCloud also. As a possible carrier, you know, like we're typhoid. <laughs> we are. And if you're on Facebook, do a search for Kiss the Goat, and that should bring you to our group page where we hang out and talk with you guys about, well, you know, Satan stuff. And if you have a comment or a suggestion for the show, you can always send us an email at thegoatofmadness at gmail.com. Clever lads and lasses get their emails read on the show. Naughty boys and girls get their bums boiled over a giant cauldron in a dark, nasty underworld where the night never ends. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, unless it's, your, unless it's your bottom being boiled. It's just it's really hard to say. Get their bums boiled over a giant cauldron. <laughs> I think it must be like Disney World. I think so. It's <laughs> Well, on that note, it looks like that's it for this week's Kiss the Goat. I'm Cootie. I'm Max. Hell, Satan! Satan.